Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We are located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, we want to thank you for joining our online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. At this time, we're going to go uh, before the Lord in a word of prayer. And I don't know, whatever your situation is, whatever you're dealing with right now, I don't have to know, but God does know. And his knowledge about the situation is the most important. Bless you, Lord Jesus. His understanding and his wisdom is the most important. And so as we bow our heads and to seek the Lord for his guidance, I want you to hold that thing up whatever it is that's in your heart, and say, Lord, if it's your will, let it be done. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your kindness, how you have blessed us throughout this day to this point of time, Lord God, we honor you. Father, we come and with bowed heads, humbled hearts, Lord, seeking your guidance, Seeking you, Lord God, as our sovereign Savior. Your word tells us that whosoever shall call upon your name shall be saved. Lord, and we pray and ask that you would bless us, Lord, to, to do just that, to call upon your name wherever we are. Lord, I pray that your name is being exalted. Lord God, that you're being lifted up. Lord, as we are as we are one people and one voice magnifying you at this moment, at this time. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have your way, Lord. Have your way. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We bless your name, Savior, for, for allowing us to gather together in this place today. Lord God, and we thank you for the place that you have reserved for us, the new edifice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the souls that are on their way. Mighty God. Lord, give us wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your Lord, God. Bless your Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Jesus. Lord, the souls that are on their way. Lord, we pray and ask that you would give us the wisdom, give us the knowledge and the understanding to lead and guide your people, how to go in and out among them. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for the things that we're watching unfold 
among us, Lord God. Your presence, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, if there's any that is sick among us, ask that you would heal them. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, send healing in the homes. Lord God, those that are at work right now that are tuning in, whether they're at work, maybe they're preparing for their worship service. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless them. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Lord, bless them, Lord. Lord Jesus, bless, Lord God, as churches, Lord God, the pastors and whoever is ministering on this day, that you would bless them, Lord, to minister your word, Lord God, have your way, Lord. Those that are seeking you, Lord, Lord, for direction, Lord, and where they should be rooted and grounded for the growth and the saving of their soul, that you would bless them, Lord God. Lord, those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, fill them with your spirit. Oh, Lord God, we pray against false teaching, false prophets, Lord God, false, Lord God, the abuse of authority. Lord Jesus, we pray and ask, Lord God, that you would bless your people, Lord. Lord, save, Lord. Save, Lord God. These are your people. Lord God, we thank you right now, Savior. Lord God, I just pray and ask that you would continue to lead us and guide us throughout this day. Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you, Lord. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. You know, we're going to have our opening scripture and and. And, you know, but before before I open the scripture, can you just help me with this particular song, this particular melody? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, can't nobody say it like you can. Can't nobody do it for you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Just a little bit of this. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it 
Just wanted to, to to just let the Lord know that that we love Him. I'm telling you, God is so good to us. This time we're going to have an opening scripture. I am I am so full right now about what God is doing and the expectations that I have. But you know, God has expectations of us too, and, and so if the Lord say the same, we'll touch on that a little bit. But at this time, we're going to have the reading of our opening scripture. Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the pyramids of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the soft-screened heart. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organ. Praise him upon the cloud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. Acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct thy path. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. Truly, we thank and praise God for this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. It is January 21st, 2024, but we're 21 days into our calendar and God is good. He is excellent. He is excellent, you know, uh, which also places us 129 days before our service that we are planning to have to honor, excuse me, to honor the Lord, to honor him. And, you know, so you'll see this also on the internet, uh, the advertising, go to our website, connectingtruth.org. The flyer is there also, and that is connectingtruth.org. Um, so there's more information there regarding the service so I want to encourage you to um, to be part of the service. 
or be part of that particular service. Now, I want you to understand something that that Pentecost, we're going into the word of God. Uh, Pentecost is not like any other service. No, Pentecost is not like any other service that you uh, attend. It's different. It was a special day that was set aside and they made provision to be there on time in that service. You know, and it is, we have many holidays, you know, we, American culture, um, and actually it's not American culture uh, because Easter has been around for a long time. Easter has nothing to do with Pentecost. Uh, no, it does not. And, but Christmas and, and all of those different things, but there are um, celebrations throughout the scripture that we do not recognize as a people of God. There, there are celebrations. And so there are different events that, that we were to set aside to honor the Lord. And some would say, well, that was under the law. That was under the Old Testament, you know. But we see that Paul and others on the day of Pentecost gathered together. And that was not under the Old Testament, but that was under grace. And so, again, ConnectingTruth.org, and there'll be more information there. I want to remind you that salvation is a marathon. It is not a sprint. You know, people come to the Lord, say, I want to be saved. And they're, I'm sprinting along. I'm going, I'm, I've got zeal, but not according to knowledge. It takes time to get knowledge. I, I appreciate the pastors that are standing strong and that are uh, presenting the word of God and, and promoting a service unto the Lord. Uh, according to the word of God, according to the word of God, not according to their um, opinion, but everything should be based upon the word of God. Now, there's a difference in legalism and spiritualism. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. And so the true intent of what God's word is, the Pharisees had the legal side of it. And we have preachers today that, that deal with the legalism, the legal side of do's and don'ts. But there's no spiritual life to what they're saying. You know, it, it sees and, and we we're taught that in law. We're taught that uh, through in, in seminaries. We're taught that through the word of God. But I want to remind you that salvation is a marathon, not a sprint. Now, many started this race, but few will finish it. I want to encourage you to be part of the few. They some will compromise. Some will stop, take breaks and say, I'm going to get back to it later. Uh, God don't mind if I indulge in this particular area and then I'll just repent of it. You know, but the Bible said repentance. Know you not that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. So if the goodness of God does not lead a person to repentance, then does it validate? You know, the goodness of God is what validates true repentance, not our our own actions are us throwing the word out there. I repent. I repent. No, it's the goodness of God that leads us. It's the conviction that I should not have done that. And I'm not going to continue to do that because it's offensive to God. And so some will waver in their ability to go all the way and they're going to pass out. And the Bible tells us don't be weary in well doing. You'll reap in due season if you don't faint.
Now, Ecclesiastes, and we're, we're going on. The, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 9, uh, 10, 11, it said, whosoever or whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might, all your strength, all your ability. Do it in your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband, male and female, female and male, that you love wholeheartedly. And it's the same with God. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might, with all thy soul, with all thy spirit, everything that's within you. It doesn't, it, it enhances our relationship and enhances our work ethics as well. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> our work ethics. So whatever your hand find to do, do it with all your might. And there's no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift. Here we are. Nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happens to them all. Everyone has an opportunity and whatever you do with it, do it. The writer Ecclesiastes Solomon said, is saying, do it with all your might, do it to the best of your ability so that you receive the reward that God has intended for you. Now it is, it's during these uncertain times, the hardest of times that you reaffirm your commitment to God. I want to encourage you that when you feel the struggle, when you feel the fight, when you feel the warfare, reaffirm your commitment to the Lord. I'm telling you what, uh, out of my own advice and what I've learned to do when I was feeling the hardness and, and feeling uh, a certain way, you know, that, that expression, a certain way, you know, there's mixed emotions and all kind of things going on. I reaffirmed my commitment to God and I, I told him, I said, Lord, it doesn't matter what. I'm dealing with, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to preach your word. I'm going to live your word. I'm going to do what is right. I'm not going, no, no. You know, there's, there's a saying that, that we have quitters never win and winners. Uh, thank you. And, and so we want to, you know, let's just be real about those things. Let's just be real about them. You know, all right. Sobriety check. Here we go. Sobriety check. Now, there are seven churches, seven groups and individual characteristics, you know, that exist even today as it did um, in that day. And so the Bible tells us in Revelation, the third chapter, the first verse, and I'm not going to read all the verses, but I just want to give you a tidbit of it. It says, and, uh, and unto the angel of the church of Sardis, write these things, saith he that have the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou has a name that livest, but you're dead. You're dead. There are many that have great names, but the truth is, is that they're dead. They're dead. Now, I'm not saying that they're dead. I'm saying the characteristics that God is describing says that that church, Sardis, is dead. He said, but be watchful and strengthen the things which remain 
that are ready to die. So there are some things that you have that are good and there are some things that you allow to die that need to be resuscitated. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. I'm gonna stop right there. I said I wasn't gonna read all of this, but, but you can go back and read about the church of Sardis and how some of them defiled their garments and others did not. Some looked and, and said, you know what? God don't mind. You know, if I do a little bit of that, I do a little bit of this, I'm good. You know, he don't mind. I'll... And there are others that said, hey, no, no way. We're not going there. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Now, that's the collective body. What if he comes for you tonight? What if he calls your name? And you have to stand before him. Will you be without spot or wrinkle? You can't say don't judge me because all of us are being judged by the word of God and judgment begins in his house. All right, let's go to the word of God, a safe place. Now we, I know we are in the word of God, but let's go to the message. A safe place. I want to talk about a safe place today. This place is sustainable. It's the best place. It's God's place. So saints and friends, we ought to trust in God's ability to preserve and to save you. It's not enough to be healed. It's not enough to receive a blessing from the Lord. You want to be saved at the end of the day. Jude says in Jude 24 and 5, 25, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. God is the only one Jesus Christ, no man comes unto the Father but by me. If you try to come up any other way, you're a thief and a robber. That's what the scripture says. He's the only one that can present you faultless. That can present you in the presence of God with exceeding joy. That exceeding joy is his joy. The Bible says that, that there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. So if one person comes unto the Lord, uh, church, you ought to be rejoicing and magnifying God for that soul that got saved. You ought to be going cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. You ought to be doing flips like Fruit Loops, you know, and just magnifying God for the soul that said, I'm leaving sin for holiness. Because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The Bible tells us in Genesis, and I'm, I'm going to have to strip this off for a moment because this is a little, getting a little warm. It says, but Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If you're hearing this this morning or when you're listening to this, 
I want you to know that in that instance, in the moment that you're hearing this word of God, you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord or you wouldn't be hearing this. There are many things you could be listening to. You could be listening to the beat. You could be listening to a jazz station. You could be listening to something else, but you're listening to the word of God and you decided not to change because you want to hear it all the way through the end. What this man, this little man has to say. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Holy Ghost. Thus did Noah, the 22nd verse of the sixth chapter. Thus did Noah according to all that the Lord or all that God commanded him to do. What are we going to do? We're going to do all that God commanded us to do. When our God tells us to do some things and we don't understand why he's telling us to do it, it seems strange. And we're just like, wow, should I be doing this? Other people are looking at you, talking about you and saying that that's weird, man. You should not be doing that. You know, uh, matter of fact, you ought to you ought to come over here and join us man, and do it over here. But listen. And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. I need you to get in the ark now. He told him to build a boat. And told him how to do it, to give it structural uh, stability. This is what you're going to use. You're going to use this type of wood. I don't want you to build it with that wood. I want you to build it with the gopher wood. I don't want you to use pasteboard. I don't want you to use red wood. I don't want you to use, uh, you know, you could go through the list of it. I don't know all about wood, but listen. I want you to do it this way. Whatever we do for our soul salvation, it has to be done God's way. The church is built upon that rock. Uh-huh. It's built the way that he said to build it. Now, listen. And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. That generation is gone. And here we are in a new generation. Uh, some of us are baby boomers. Others are part of different generations. And listen, and here we are in X, Y, Z and Gen A. You know, there's a whole new generation that needs to be saved, that need to be sanctified. And it must be done God's way, not the way that um Hey, well, we want to change the way it's done because, you know, the way our ancestors did it, you know, it was a little slow. It didn't have all the lyrics that, that we want to present. Uh, it did not have the, the melody that we want to present it in. Uh, it, it didn't come across in the fashion that we want. You know, um, matter of fact, we don't wear that type of clothing no more. And, and I, I get that. But it still has to be done God's way. At the end, the lyrics still have to present glory to God, not based upon man's opinion, but God's opinion. It has to be done God's way. So it brings the question of how much time do you spend? And I'm not talking about spending an hour in prayer, two hours or anything like that. You know, we used to have shut ins where we stayed all night in the church until the pastor released us. And we were just there consecrated unto the Lord. Some of us was young and we were just listening to others pray because we didn't know what it meant to pray. 
you know, and so we just be there and falling asleep on, on the chairs and the pews and different things and at the altar, you know, leaving a little stain there, a little wet spot. But listen, but we were there and God honored that. God honored that. I'm not talking about the shenanigans. I'm talking about true where people was just seeking God. They were looking unto God. They was looking unto the author and the finisher of their faith. They were going after God to the best of their ability with all the knowledge that they had. The word of God said, pray. They stopped to pray. They didn't have money to go to the doctor, so they prayed about it and God healed them. That's power. They didn't have favor and they prayed about it and God opened up doors and opportunity and showed them how to use a little bit and a little became a lot in the master's hand. You got to do it God's way. Listen here. Acts, Acts 27. It says, the 22nd verse, thank you. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. If you listen to what I'm saying, because tonight in our situation, in the turmoil that's going on, for there shall, there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God have given thee all them that sell with thee. So Paul was on his way to see Caesar. He was going to stand on trial for a religious situation because he taught and preached Jesus Christ. Paul once persecuted the church and they felt that that he felt that those that was teaching about Christ were carrying a heretic doctrine. And so now here he is in a similar situation and they have come against him, but God has appointed him to suffer many things. God has, listen to what I just said, God appointed him to suffer many things. Let me say that again. God appointed him to suffer many things and God knew that he would endure the suffering. There are some of us that are dealing with things, suffering things that God knew we would go through for his sake. Yes. And therefore, you cannot get Paul to deviate from the word of God. You cannot get Paul to change his mind about what God has done and is doing with him. He will not denounce Christ because of the things that he's gone through. Mighty God, somebody caught that. Somebody got it. Someone's going to get it tomorrow. He's not going to deny Christ. He's not going to become less zealous in his walk with God because of the things that he's going through. But he has bunkered down. He's anchored in God that for God I live and for God I die. So now he's on his way to see Caesar. And the Bible tells us that 
they were caught in a storm. And he told them, he said, unless you abide in the ship, you're not going to be safe. Like Noah, Noah told the people, come on, get in the ship, get in the boat. There's a rain that is about to come. There's a flood that's about to happen. And no one wanted to believe him. No one entered in except his family. Eight souls were saved. The masses were not saved. Eight souls were saved. There was 10 virgins that each one of them was, uh, was, was, hey, was dressed. But five of them was wise. And the Bible said five of them was foolish. You have 10 and only half were saved. Only half entered into the wedding feast. The other half were locked out and did not make it in. So everyone is not going, but you can. You can if you hear what I'm saying. It's a safe place to be. Paul said unto, the, unto them, he said, except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Many are saying that I don't have to group together. I don't have to abide in any place. I, I, wherever I am, the church is there. What, whatever I do, God is all right. What does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? We're not going to be scattered abroad when the, when the church is caught up. All of a sudden, everybody's scattered abroad. Well, wherever I am, the church is there. You, you know, so it don't matter where I am. The church is there. You know, no, the Bible said he's going to collect us all together. And, and oh, my God, bless you, Lord Jesus. We're, we're going to be collected all together. Not to be grouped together and not have individual gifts or anything of that nature, because these gifts are, are yet in operation when we're together. When we're together and others are drawn in because of that. But listen to what I'm saying. Except you abide in the ship. You cannot be saved. That's the word of God. You got to abide in the ship. You need to know where you're supposed to be. And that is in the ship. Psalms 32 and 7 says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with song of deliverance. God is our hiding place. There is a place to go to in God. Psalms 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. God is our help. But if we're not attached to him, if we're not associated with him, don't you know that you can walk into the place where God has said to be at and he sees you. You haven't even prayed. You haven't even talked about God, about what you're dealing with but just your presence. And because he's present, he sees you as you are and he makes provision for that. The people have followed Jesus. They wanted to be blessed by him. So they followed him. And he said, I'm going to send the people back to their homes where they need to go, but I'm not going to send them back hungry. I don't want them to faint along the way. I don't want the enemy to take advantage of them. 
And so bring me what you have. Well, we don't have much. We have a few loaves of bread. We have a few fishes. And so he had all the people to sit down. Everybody be still. And he gave thanks unto that. And the next thing you know, everybody had fish sandwiches. They had some bread, you know, uh, and they had some meat to eat with it. And then afterwards, they gathered up what was left. God is concerned about the provision. It don't mean the provision is going to give you a, a million dollar home or anything like that, but it's provision. Something to sustain you. And sometimes that's all you need is just that moment to be sustained by God. And then you need to testify, say, God sustained me in this instance. I was down to my last. And if you've lived life at any time, you've been down to your last. The, 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 the Roman noodles was running out. You only had a few packages left and a cup of noodles, whatever you your preference was that you paid 33 cents to get, you know, because that dollar went a long ways to get those three packages or those four packages. Listen, maybe it was just some bread and beans. Maybe it was just a bag of potatoes. And, and I tell you, we've been happy with just that. We enjoyed it. It didn't stop us from having fun. It didn't stop us from laughing. It didn't stop us from, from doing anything else. And it didn't stop babies from coming in. Down to your last. And God sustained you and gave you provision to make it. And you were happy. You were happy with what you had. Happy. The Bible says happy are the people whose God is the Lord. You see people with a lot. And they have a lot. I mean, they have more than enough to share. And they're not happy. But listen here. The Bible tells us in Psalms 91 says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. If you dwell in a secret place, now remember we're talking about a safe place here. The ship is a safe place. God himself is a refuge. Uh, there is a secret place. Now if it's a secret, everybody don't know about it. I, I, I tease my, my, uh, my, my, grandsons i teased them i told them that there is a secret place at the house and sometimes they ask me where's the secret place and i i don't i won't tell them because it's a secret a secret place is not for you everyone is not going to find it everyone don't know where it is but the bible says, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high so apparently you in your relationship with god understand and know that there is a secret place and you know where that secret place is at. And you know how to get there. You have the directions. You have the understanding of that secret place. Sometimes we refer to that secret place as a being a good place. You know, we, I'm in a good place right now. I, I, I was at the gym one day and someone on the treadmill next to me said, man, you just singing and just, you know, enjoying yourself here. I said, I'm in my good place. I'm in my good place right now, also referred to as a secret place because I'm communicating. I'm enjoying where I am right now within this instance. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with thy wings and under his wings shall thou trust in him. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. This secret place that God has, this safe and secure place that God has. Now we're familiar with that. We're familiar with it, even as, as parents, when you pick up your child and when you hold your child because they want to be comforted. In other words, God will comfort us. He will cover us with his feathers and with his wings and we can trust him. He's not doing it to abuse. He's not doing it to molest. He is he we can trust him and we can trust what he says to be our protection and to refute whatever the enemy or anything that is coming against us is trying to present. The secret place is a safe place to be at. Proverbs 18 and 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. There is no other place that is stronger than the name of the Lord. Acts 4 and 12, I believe it is, said there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Uh, Matthews 1 and 21 says that, that his name, the name, he shall be called Jesus for he shall save the people. We have a strong name that we can call on and be safe. Have you ever had to call on the name of Jesus in the middle of the night? Maybe some pain was starting to hit your body. You begin to say Jesus and the pain subsided. Or maybe you were about to encounter a collision and you called on the name of Jesus. You didn't start cussing and carrying on, but you said Jesus. You may have said it louder than that. I did when, when, when it was occurring in me, with me. You said Jesus. And it caused the impact to be a lot less. There was still death. But you walked away from that thing. You didn't die in it with your work being undone. I know people, people testify and say, I thank God for being here. I'm alive, but listen here. If you saved and sanctified and, and you leave here today, you're going to be to, with the Lord. And that's priceless. Your worries and troubles are all over at that moment. You're not going to think about what you missed out on in this life. Well, you know what? I didn't get married. Listen. You're not going to be married when, when the Lord catches up. I, I didn't get to see my, my, my daughter graduate. None of that is going to be relevant. A college degree, high school diploma, none of that is relevant for soul salvation. It's great to have because you need to hear for your soul salvation. If you leave here without it or if you don't see them, get it. It's not going to break your heart. A safe place. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. Everybody can't enter into that name. It's for the righteous. Nahum 1 and 7. The Lord is good. A stronghold in a day of trouble. 
a stronghold and he know of them that trust in him. God knows. And he his, He is a good God. The scripture says the Lord is good and a stronghold. Now, meaning that he fortifies, there is a fortress that is in place for those that trust. The Bible tells us that that when Lucifer, the son of the sons of the morning, the, the, the they all met together and was was talking to God, or God was speaking, and and he asked him, he said, Have you considered my servant Job? And he said, Yeah, I have. But you had a hedge around him. You have a stronghold. You have him fenced in. And can't nothing impact him. Can't nothing touch him without unless you move that. And the Lord said, Okay, I'm gonna move it, but don't you touch his soul. Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep, I'm going to keep you. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on a safe place. I'm going to keep my mind focused on the Lord. It might seem chaotic. It might seem uh, troublesome. The pressures of life, the things that are impacting me, I'm going to keep my mind on God. That, that is a fight. That's a challenge. We were talking about the propaganda that the enemy brings to try to get your mind off the Lord. But no, I'm going to keep my mind on him. I'm self. You're going to serve the Lord self. You're going to do what's right self. I'm in control of this body. Remember, you are a spirit. And that spirit is housed in a body. You have control over that body. The body does not have control over the spirit. The Bible said the body, the flesh, wars against the spirit. It didn't say it has the victory over the spirit. It says it wars against it. You take the victory. You take the dominant role that I'm going to serve God and I'm going to serve him with all my strength and all my might. Psalms 37 and 11. It says the meek shall inherit the earth. Talking about a safe place. I need you to catch this here. The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. When we look at Revelation, Revelation, the 21st chapter, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. So the world is now sealess. There's no more sea. There's no more separation. There's, there's no more separation. You get what I'm saying? There's no more separation. There's no more separation. All right. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of uh, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. God's going to dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God shall be with them and be their God. And God is going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. Neither 
shall there be any more pain, no more pain, no afflictions, for the former things are passed away. It's all that stuff, that heartbreak and heartbreak hotel and all that stuff that we didn't deal with, it's gone. We're in a safe place. Where's the safe place at? Well, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That's where the safe place is at. The old heaven and the old earth has passed away. What you know now, it will not exist. And the people that exist now that are not in that safe place will not be there. So there's no pain. There's no suffering. There's no heartache. There's no dogs, male or female, or anything of that nature. No thieves, no liars, nothing like that. The fifth verse says, and he that sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. If you believe the word of God, these things and what I'm saying right now is true and faithful. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're watching things unfold right now. As the word of God said, it would, would happen. It is happening. We had a slight conversation. I'm kind of taking it. I'm kind of deviating a little bit, but it's still, it's all right. We had a slight conversation about the influence that people, that certain politicians have today. If you think that's something, wait until the church is gone and the influence of the Antichrist is in full swing. If, you, if you're here, you ain't saw nothing yet. And you don't want to be here to experience it. But if you're not living, if you're not in that safe place, if that relationship with God is not tethered, then you're going to be left behind. You're going to be left behind. That's not a judgment. That's the word of God. Listen, and it applies to everyone. It applies to me. It applies to you. It applies to everyone. No one is exempt from the word of God. And so he said unto me, it is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is of thirst, a fountain of the water that can drink freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I'm going to be in that safe place. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the fearful, the fearful, those that are so afraid, the fearful, they, they can't hang. I can't make it. I'm going to fall off. I, I, I just can't do this. I want to go do it my way. And the way I want it, the fearful and unbelieving, I don't believe it. Take all of that. I don't believe in your form of holiness where I can't. I can't have sex with who I want to have sex with. I can't vibe. I can't veep. I can't do this. I can't get lit. I can't do blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, you know, and, and you telling me that I can't rap the way I want to rap and I want to, you know, I can't sing. I can't, you know, to, I, I just want to do it the way I want to do it. Leave me be. The, the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers and homemongers, you know, um, we, we, I'm doing my best not to go there. But listen, the word of God says, now I don't care if they're your favorite artist, they're your favorite singer, your favorite actress. If you packing fudge and doing all kind of stuff that, that the word of God is saying don't do. You want to dress like a woman now? You want to claim yourself to be a woman instead of a male and you want to claim yourself to be a male instead of a woman? You know, knowing how you was born and you want to say I was born this way. And all of those things, I'm not fighting with you about it. All I'm saying is that if you're not holy unto God, and holiness is a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle. If you are not living holy, 
unto the Lord according to his word, you're going to have a problem. Homongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, none of your friends have been able to come back and tell you what the other side was like. Only those that have lived a sanctified life. The Bible tells us that we're, we're encamped about with a great cloud of witness. And so those that are sanctified have been seen by those that are also sanctified. That's a conversation for another time. But I want to encourage you to get into the safe place. At the end of the day, the safest place that there is going to be is here on earth when the meat inherit to earth. But you've got to get there. You've got to tether yourself to God and to his word. You cannot allow anything to separate you from the word of God. I don't care how fine you think he looks, how sweet you think she is, how much money is involved. You got to tether yourself to what the word of God is saying. You've got to position yourself to where God wants you to be. That is what is going to make the difference. The safest place is in the will of God. God bless you. Mighty God, thank you, Jesus. Listen, let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness and grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for those things that you're going to do. I pray that you are blessed and open the understanding of your people. Help us, Lord God, to walk in your word. You said if we keep your word, your statutes and your commandments that we'll live in them. That is our hope and our desire, Lord God, to be found obedient in your eyes. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I want to remind you again that, that we have 129 days left before our Pentecost service here in Southern California, Rancho Cucamonga. And so I want to invite you to be here with us and join into that service. That is May 30th, 31st, and June 1st. And there's information on that on our website at connectingtruth.org. God bless you. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you as well in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost, rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you, Juju, Newton, Rebecca. God bless you, those that are listening. Thank God for you. Be blessed in the Lord. Amen.